Our service is all about prayer this morning. I'll start with this story. Uh, When I was 10 years old, my uh, friend's mom, she was the manager of the duplexes that we lived in. And so sometimes I would go around with he and his mom and do different errands. So one day we walked into this vacant duplex and we got just inside and she starts kind of patting her pockets and she says, where's my, where's my keys? I just had my, I just had my keys. And so we're kind of looking around and then she took a step forward. I saw that she had somehow dropped her keys and then stepped on them and kind of mashed them into the carpet. So I said, oh, oh, there they are. And she turned around and picked them up and she gave me the weirdest look. And then later that evening, she asked if I would like to fix the lie that I had told. And I said, what, what lie? Because I'm 10, you know. And she says, uh, well, when, I lo- when, you, when you stole my keys, and then when I noticed it right away, you threw them on the floor and said, oh, there they are. I said, no, no, you, 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 you stepped on them. She goes, do you really think I could drop my own keys and step on them and then not notice it? Oh, no, that's what you did. Well... Since she was the manager of the, the duplex, all the duplexes on that street, she knew all the moms, and she really liked to talk. So, like, within a day, every mom in the neighborhood knew this story. And so, for the rest of the year, basically, anywhere I went as a kid, some mom was asking me, so have you straightened out that lie you told yet? I'm like, I, I, didn't, I didn't lie. Even my friend, when we were alone, would say, why don't you just tell my mom the truth? I'm like, I, I, did, I did tell your mom the truth. This is really hard when you're 10 years old. To be in a neighborhood where you're thought of as the little monster who does devious little things and, and, and can't fess up. And, and yet that's kid stuff, right? That's kid stuff. That's mild compared to some of the things that I have been accused of since then. So I want to ask, what about you? Have you ever been falsely accused? Have you ever had someone say that you didn't have the company's best interest at heart or that that you're the black sheep of the family and and you don't really care about the family or or the the group of friends? You said something or did something. You didn't do it, but but people seem to believe it. And, And I think that must be one of the most powerless feelings, to be falsely accused. Now, at least in my story, it was unintentional. She actually believed I did that. Um, I imagine some of you have been accused by people that actually knew the truth. They knew you weren't that kind of person, and they, and they made that story about you up. And I think that must be beyond upsetting. A powerless feeling. So for all those who have had motives ascribed to you and little devious plots worked against you. The the Bible has two prayers for us this morning that we're going to share. So for the three weeks here, we're going to be in the Psalms. We won't, we'll do them differently each week. This week, I thought it'd just be best to pray the Psalms. You know, the Psalms is the Bible's prayer book. The Psalms is in the Old Testament. It's about the middle of the Bible. It contains 150 ancient prayers And different folks use them different ways. For me, uh, when I come in in the morning during the week to do my work here at the church, first thing I do is come down back here to the prayer circle and I open to a psalm and I read a little section and then in the dark, I take uh, one walk around the sanctuary. Sometimes I'm praying in my own words ways that I relate to that section. Sometimes I'm just in silence to to see if God would like to speak. And when I get back there, I, I read another section of the psalm and I take another walk around the sanctuary. 
At home, I might uh, take a psalm and walk around the neighborhood and read a section and then pray or be in silence to the next street corner, read another section, go to the next street corner. There are some folks here in our congregation who have alarms set on their phone, and uh, whereas I, I'm a lightweight and pray one psalm a day, they pray five psalms a day. Um, some of them pray seven psalms a day. So they're, they're deep in God's word. Now what I started writing in my, in my book was that a lot of these prayers are things I wouldn't have prayed if they hadn't come up in the Psalms. That's why we're calling this series, Things I Forgot to Say to God. Things that uh, I probably wouldn't have taken to God because, frankly, I was too scared or too angry or too exhausted to remember. And I think the Psalms we're going to pray today are like that. Today, we're going to pray about our enemies. We're going to pray about our adversaries. And we're going to pray antiphonally. This is your vocab word for the day. Antiphonally, antiphonally, opposing sounds. So because psalms, although I often pray them alone, were actually written to be prayed in the congregation. And antiphonally means that, this is really beautiful, um, some part of the room prays and the other part just listens and be, is in the presence of God. But then, so that this group's not doing all the work, then the other part of the room prays, and this group gets to sit and listen and be in the presence of God. And you can tell the Psalms are written to be prayed this way because most of the time it's written in two lines that say basically the same thing in different words. And so you, this shared antiphonal prayer. So for today, I'll uh, do anything not in bold. And if, if you all would pray things that are in bold, We'll pray together, and we'll stop throughout to make comments. So we're going to, really we're here to learn to pray about the Psalms, and we're here to pray about our enemies. And this Psalm, Psalm 7, starts uh, when you're right there in the midst of your panic, of your enemy, your adversary, having pulled some dirty trick on you. And so, let us pray. I come to you for protection, O Lord my God. Are we not up there? Oh, it's not, oh, this is going to be terrible. Every other line's not in bold. Okay, we're going to have a lot of work to do between services. Um, I'm going to hope that it pretty much, I'm going to hold my hand up whenever it's your turn. Okay. Let us pray. I come to you for protection, O Lord my God. Oh, you did good. I had prepared to say, let's not read this like zombies. But you actually uh, did it with conviction. Well done. Let's keep it going. If you don't, they will maul me like lions. So there it is. There's that helpless feeling, right? Like being pinned down by a pack of, uh, by a pride of lions, where people are saying to you, why don't you just tell the truth? Or maybe you're the one saying, why don't you just tell the truth? Let us pray. Oh Lord my God, if I have done wrong, if I have betrayed a friend, then let my enemy capture me. And drag my honor in the dust. Sometimes a psalm has a triplet where everybody says it together. 
And, and usually that's a kind of a big line like that one. And then it says interlude. Oh yeah, we'll definitely want interlude up there for second service. It's a big deal. That word interlude actually occurs in the Hebrew text. Some of your Bibles don't translate it. They just leave the word salah, S-E-L-A-H. Now some scholars, uh, since no one really knows, some scholars believe that salah was a musical note. Something happened because a lot of times these psalms were uh, sung as, uh, as uh, Deacon Bill was having us do. Or they would be done with instruments and so there would be something musically happening there. Um, other scholars say that was a time of silence. And it means to sit in the presence of God. So I personally think it was probably both. So let's look at this section we just prayed. Basically we said, God, I didn't do anything to deserve this. Now that's not really that we're claiming to be perfect. But it does mean that whatever our enemy is doing, we don't feel like we've done anything to deserve that. So why don't we just now sit in the presence of God and see if God agrees? Because, let's be honest, sometimes we lie to ourselves. Sometimes we're defensive. Sometimes someone may say to us, you know what, you didn't love me like you were supposed to. Uh, You neglected me, you abused me. And we say, no I didn't, before we've even really thought about it. So, since we just got done praying, God, I did nothing to deserve this. Now why don't we sit in the presence of God and let the Spirit tell us, If that is true. Salah. So we're going to have a couple of minutes of silence. Now I don't know how this is going to go for you. But I practiced this on Monday. And then I practiced this on Tuesday. And when I was sitting here in this chair on Tuesday. um, I was thinking through someone who had made an accusation against me in the last few years. And and in that moment. And I don't know what was special about Tuesday. Because I've prayed this psalm many times in the last seven years or so. But in that moment, I, the Spirit suddenly let me see the whole situation that had occurred from his point of view. It was the first time I'd ever really been able to do that. And sitting here in this chair, I was able to see how the probably was a misunderstanding occurred. And I was able, sitting here on Tuesday, to forgive someone that I'd been carrying resentment around about for, for many years. I don't know if that'll happen, but that's the type of thing that can happen. When you sit in silence. So. You have your enemy. Your adversary in mind. Selah. Now depending on what. Has happened during your. Prayer. You may need to write someone a letter today. You may need to give someone a phone call. You need to take someone in your family for a walk around the block to apologize for something you, you actually did do but were too blind to see. Now, if you've had that moment where the Spirit of the Lord says, no, you did have a role to play, I want you to know that you did not lose. You have not lost anything just now. You've actually won. You have won big. Because you were lost, but now you're found. Because you were blind, but now you see. You were wrecking a relationship or leaving something uh, a lie that God just cared enough to show you so that you could take it up again, so that you could stop destroying the things you love. So there may be tears ahead 
for you, but they, some of them, some of them it should at least be tears of rejoicing because God cares enough still to show you things and teach you things. You know, as long as parents are still correcting children, they're still deeply in love with them and, and lifting them up and having hope for them. For others of you, you're right. You didn't do anything to bring this on yourself. All you did was get on the wrong side of some desperate person, some angry person, some selfish person, or or just plain kind of evil person. So the question is, what are you going to do about it? Seek revenge? Strike back? Make them pay? Make them understand? You know that's all wrong. You know that that only destroys you. The scripture says that we should call on God, the righteous judge, who sets all things right and whom no criminal escapes forever. Let us pray. Arise, O Lord, in anger. Wake up, my God. We're doing this all together. And bring justice. Gather the nations before you. The Lord judges the nations. Declare me righteous, O Lord. End the evil of those who are wicked. For you look deep within the mind and heart. So, so this is what we do with our anger. Uh, we don't send angry texts or emails. We don't burp it out onto Facebook so that everyone can know what they've been up to. We give our hurt and our anger and our enemy over to Almighty God because He knows the right thing to do. And He does Because he knows the right thing to do. We literally pray, Lord, I give this person over to you. Do what's right. Because I know what I do. Lord, I give my anger or my hurt over to you. Because it's too much for me. It's making me crazy. We know that God does the right thing. And we know this because, let us pray, God is my shield. God is an honest judge. If a person does not repent, he will bend and string his bow. He will prepare his deadly weapons. So for everyone, the last few years has been saying, oh, thoughts and prayers, thoughts and prayers don't do anything. Okay, you're right. It is the God those prayers are prayed to that do it. That's who does it. And then this prayer reminds us of something that we often forget. We sometimes forget that evil is called evil precisely because those who resort to it destroy themselves. If if we can get one thing right as a congregation this year, let's get our theology of evil down. God doesn't call something sin because it's fun and God is anti-fun. No. God does not call something evil because it makes us a fortune and gives us the upper hand and he wants us to be poor and downtrodden. No. 
God calls things evil and God calls things sin because they are shortcuts. Shortcuts to power, shortcuts to riches, shortcuts to pleasure that in the end hurt us. And God doesn't want to see his children hurt. And so he tells us what the hurtful shortcuts are by calling them sin and evil. And yet some people just won't have it. Let us pray. The wicked conceive evil and give birth to lies. They dig a deep pit to trap others. The trouble they make backfires on them. Right? Think back to the people who did evil against you in the past. Probably not the recent ones. Probably haven't had the time to work that out yet. But I'm talking about the ones that hurt you 10, 20, 30 years ago. They neglected you. They told lies about you. They hurt you. Well, how are they doing today? Where are they now? How did that sin turn out for them? I remind you of King Saul in the Bible, a a wicked king. Who ordered King Saul to be killed? Himself. He actually ordered somebody else to kill him. Who did Adolf, uh, who, who, who killed Adolf Hitler, does it appear? Himself. Who was the first person to have to get in front of a camera and declare before all of America that Richard Nixon would resign the presidency of the United States for wickedness? Well, he had to get on and say that himself. Evil swallows itself up, Scripture says. Evil poisons itself Evil blows itself up. Isn't that how so many of us came to Christ in the first place? We were poisoning ourselves. We were blowing ourselves up. We were swallowing ourselves up with our own sin. We came to God to rescue us. So right now, we should be catching our breath. Because the last line of this prayer reminds us how all this bad situation is going to end. Let us pray. I will thank the Lord. Because he is just. That's the end of Psalm 7. I have another to share with you this morning. But why don't we take a moment to be in silence about this situation with your, your enemy, your adversary, your annoyance, your frenemy. And let this prayer we've just prayed sink into your mind what it teaches us. Let it sink into our heart. Let it sink down into that fiery place of resentment in our gut and extinguish those flames. And as they're extinguished, let us bring out praise to God who is in control of this. Amen. You may be seated. So if you pray a psalm a day, About two months later, you're going to have an opportunity to look back on this day when you come upon Psalm 73. Let's start Psalm 73 together. Truly God is good to Israel. But as for me, 
I almost lost my footing. For I envied the proud. Right? Isn't that where we were? We were freaking out. We were screaming at God. That's not fair. And just for a moment we thought, well, maybe I should have been a low-down, lying, cheating scoundrel since it's worked out so well for them and not so well for me. Right? We went there, some of us. We started to lose our own soul because we forgot to give our anger and our resentment over to God. We got trapped in envy. Remember the types of things you say when you're trapped in envy? Let us pray. They seem like they live such painless lives. They don't have trouble like other people. They wear pride like a jeweled necklace. These fat cats have everything. They scoff and speak only evil. They boast against the very heavens. And so the people are dismayed and confused. What does God know, they ask? Look at these wicked people. Did I keep myself pure for nothing? I get nothing but trouble all day long. That's an honest prayer. The Holy Spirit inspired this prayer. said, put that in the Bible. I want to hear that again. You have these feelings. Why hide them from God? That's weird. God says, get it out. Pray it. That's what they did. That's an honest prayer. That's also the prayer of a dying soul. You can't, you can't go on like that. Let us pray. If I had really spoken this way to others... So I tried to understand why the wicked prosper. Then I went into your sanctuary, O God. Now that's powerful stuff. That's powerful stuff. It says basically, God, this is what I felt. But I knew if I went around talking like that. That people would think, oh man, Pastor Garrett is losing his faith. Maybe some of them would lose their faith too. So I didn't start blogging. I sat in quiet, it says, and I tried to understand why do wicked people get away with the wicked stuff they do? 
But that's a really hard thing to understand. But then I came to worship today, it says. Then I came to the sanctuary. And again, I received that same reminder that I got back in Psalm 7. Of why evil is called evil. And why sin is called sin. Let us pray. Truly you put them on a slippery path. In an instant they are destroyed. When you arise, O Lord. As a person laughs at dreams in the morning. Ever had that experience? You have this dream, right? And it's terrifying. And then you wake up, and when you, when you think about what was actually happening in the dream, you're like, that's really ridiculous. Why was I af- afraid of that? But it was, wasn't it? About 10 or 15 years ago, Pastor Marta comes into the office. She's pretty flustered. She says, guys, I had this dream. I'm having these night terrors. I'm having these hallucinations. They're horrifying. And we said, what happened? She goes, I dreamed that I woke up. Now that right there is the worst, right? When you dream that you wake up because you're still in it and you don't know. She says, I dreamed that I woke up and I looked over and there was a man in bed with me and it was not my husband. And we said, who was it? And she said, it was the Civil War abolitionist Frederick Douglass. (laughs) Right? And so we're all laughing and she's like, guys, stop laughing. It was scary. (laughs) It's Frederick Douglass, like the the hair guy. She's like, stop. It was really, really scary. (laughs) It was, no, man, it was Frederick Douglass. (laughs) So, oh my gosh, 10 years later, we were still laughing about Frederick Douglass. Uh, and, And she's laughing too now. In the end, this is how God and all creation is going to treat the false accusations against you. The plans of your enemies, the plans of your family that say, oh, you don't do right by grandma, you don't do right by mom, and mom or dad, you do it all wrong. Someday all these accusations are going to be held up in front of all creation and all creation is going to go, <laughs> that's really dumb. That's really dumb that someone would try to do that in light of how the universe works. In the light of the Almighty God. So don't lose your faith. And don't let your heart get bitter. Because someone is foolish enough to think they can escape the truth of the Almighty God. Someday all of creation will see what's been done and say. That was really, really stupid. So when I was five years old. I was uh, coming out of my backyard and I opened the gate and a rabbit darted out of, the, out of the yard and my dog saw the rabbit, knocked me over, ran through the open gate, chased the rabbit into the street and was struck by a car right, right there in front of me. And my dog uh, came up, on, she lived, she came up onto the porch, I was starting to cry there, that was weird. Um, my dog ran up onto the porch and she was bleeding from all of her legs and I'd never seen an animal bleed before. And I went to comfort her, and she bared her teeth and snarled at me. I wanted to help, but she was so scared and so hurt, she was not going to let me come near. That's what animals do when they're afraid and hurt. This is often also what we do with God. We're hurt and we're scared 
Because our enemies in this world have a temporary advantage over us. And so we won't let God come near. We seal up our heart. And we stand there bleeding and alone. Let us pray. Then I realized that my heart was bitter. I was so foolish and ignorant. But you know what's true about God? This is true. That we are praying these words to the one who reaches out to bind up our bloody knees. You know, my my dad was able to walk right up, push right past the snarl, scoop the dog up, and get her the help she needed. That's who our Father is. Let us pray. Yet, I still belong to you. You guide me with your counsel. Whom have I in heaven but you? My health may fail and my spirit may grow weak. He is mine forever. Those who desert him will perish. But as for me, how good it is to be near God. And I will tell everyone about the wonderful things you do. Let him set you free from your enemies today. Even if their fake power lasts a little longer, even to the end of your life in this world, may you be free today of the hold they have on your heart. May you be free from bitterness and free from envy here in the sanctuary of God today, knowing that you are his and his alone, and he is yours and yours alone. A thought occurs to me, there are a lot of people in this world who could be this morning praying these prayers about me, (laughs) about things I did to them. You know, all sin kind of comes from the same place. Really, the only difference between what that Old Testament was referring to is the wicked and the righteous are really just the ones who are able to say, I do that kind of stuff. My, I hurt people. I hurt myself. I turn away from God. And I pray for the grace of God to forgive me. And I pledge my life to follow him, to try to turn from those ways, and I hope by the power of the Holy Spirit, draw closer to him each day. This is the offer God gives. He's offering it this morning to all of us. He's offering it to all those people we prayed about. You'll know you've forgiven them when you can say, I hope they take it. Amen. Amen. Go in peace.